The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Jerry the Monk Hutch has been found not guilty of the murder of Davy Byrne in the Regency Hotel. Uh, Paul Williams is with me now, a crime journalist with the Irish Independent. Paul, uh, we spoke to Frank Graney, our own courts correspondent, a little bit earlier and the way he described it is the judges of the Special Criminal Court, because it is non-jury, they are just three judges, effectively couldn't believe what the state's main witness, Jonathan Dowdall, was telling them. Is that fair? Absolutely. They called him a liar, a liar, 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 pants on fire, uh, Kieran. It was sort of like, you know, they were actually... (laughs) It, 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 one of the lines they came up with was they, he, that they were obs- they observed him when he was being interviewed, for example, uh, they, when he'd been interviewed by the guards on a previous occasion. All those interviews were interviews were played, and they just said he told lie after lie after lie. Uh, and they also referred to him as a ruthless, base, callous criminal. And at one stage, Miss uh, Justice Tara Burns asked, "Who is the court actually dealing with here?" So it it, it was an evisceration of uh, Jonathan Dowdall's evidence from start to finish. But on top of that, they also said that they absolutely accept, beyond all reasonable doubt, that the organized, uh, Hutch organized crime group exists. They basically said that, they, that it, from the evidence that been before the court, that Patsy Hutch, Jerry's brother, organized all of this. Uh, the, the Hutch organized crime gang carried out this attack meticulously. And that then Jared Hutch, who was part of this organized crime group, came in to clean up the mess afterwards. But they also, the other point is, and there'll be questions asked about this uh, in the coming days and weeks, uh, Kieran, and that is that, you know, the, the basic evidence against uh, Jared Hutch was that the, um, uh, the two allegations made by Jonathan Dowdall. But then there was 10 hours of tapes that were secretly recorded in uh, this car of Jonathan Dowdall's. Now, on those tapes, it was clearly showing that Jerry Hutch had, when he talks about three yokes, they were throwing these three yokes, the three AK-47s that were given these to the real IRA, distant Republicans, Mm. uh, as a gift. Like, he wasn't charged with... And his, his counsel made this point in when they were Brendan Grehan when he was summing up way back in in in, uh, in January. He said, you know, newsflash, my client is not charged with member of an organized crime gang. He's also not charged with possession of firearms. And of course, the question will be as to why that didn't happen. Why was that not done? Why then, like for example, as well, originally, the when Jonathan Dowdall was arrested and charged and uh, Jared Hutch was arrested and charged. They were both charged with murder. Um, but the case against them emanated from the 10 hours of secretly recorded conversations. Mm. Now, suddenly, when Dowdell came up, and remember, Dowdell only came on board literally days before Jared Hutch's trial started. Um, and the, uh, Brendan Grehan accused the prosecution of trying to ride two horses and basically make them dovetail into each other, the evidence from Jonathan Dowdall with the tapes. But he said they failed miserably and certainly the judges have upheld that tonight. And the judges as well, I know, and again, Frank talked us through it in great detail, made the point today in their judgment that once they were effectively dismissive of the evidence of Jonathan Dowdall, they had to look at the other evidence presented by the prosecution to find out was there sufficient evidence there to back up what the prosecution was arguing and they said there wasn't which leads to questions doesn't it for the prosecution and the decision to take a charge it was kind of Jonathan Dowdall's belief in him or bust it sounds like Absolutely and you know the state put all their bet all their money on the one horse 
um, and uh, all their eggs went into one ba- basket. Like you know, there was so many different aspects to it. And when you when you hear the um, the way the judges in the special criminal court, I've said this to you before many times when we're talking about this trial, that the, the, the most detailed and forensic judgment you will ever get. In a in a in a criminal trial is what you the, the the judges will furnish at the end of a trial in the special criminal court, um, like they talk about like and they also made the point as well you know that we're three women, um, we're on the bunch here but by the way we are it, we are we're members of society we are not living in ivory tower we are reasonable uh, logical rational people so we look you know, at the reasonable, logical explanations for things. And one of the things they've picked out, for example, is they say when, when Jerry, Dowdle claimed that at one stage he met Jared Hutch just two days after uh, after the attack at the Regency, and he was very upset, and he admitted to him at that occasion that he had been one of the shooters. Now, there was confusion as to whether that happened on the Sunday after the publication of a picture in the Sunday world of the two two of the guys running away, flat cap, and this other fellow who was dressed up as a woman. And it was confusion whether it happened on the Sunday or the Monday, but he said it definitely was happened just before Eddie Hutch was murdered, because Eddie Hutch had been murdered on the Monday night. But the judges saw through that as well, and they said, look, here you are after having this seismic event, uh, and you have Jared Hutch standing in front of Jonathan Dowdall in a in a a, a park where now Jonathan Dowdle didn't really know Hutch that exceptionally well apparently this is one they accepted and he tells him by the way I shot these people and he said that every or she said Miss Tara Bourne said you know everybody remembers where they were because it was such a major event they remember where they were at the particular time surely to God it would have burned its way into his memory that he would never be able to make a mistake in relation to when your mad Jared Hutch made such a, mm. an absolutely fundamental admission, an extraordinary admission. Um, so basically, everything that he said, nothing that he said, held water. Uh, that's what they were saying, and you just can't believe a, a word out of the guy. Now, a lot of people tonight, Kieran, are going to be very, very happy with that result. None, none of, the, of course, first in line there would be Jerry Hutch himself. But there are other people who are clearly in the firing line who, if Dowdle's evidence had been accepted. Uh, then there were certainly charge sheets coming for at least two or three other people uh, as a result of this. Um, now, that's not going to happen. The other part of what happened today, of course, was that the two taxi drivers, or the two, sorry, the two men accused of getaway, uh, being the getaway drivers, they were convicted. Mm. Jason Bonney, who's a builder and a longtime friend of Jerry Hutch, and, and Paul Murphy, who's a taxi driver. And they were basically convicted on good, sound, good old police work, which it was basically analysis of CCTV and they tracked the movement of the cars on the day and they stayed proved their case on that and the two those two guys were done for, have been convicted of facilitating the murder gang um, and we'll, we'll hear their fate in I think a month or two, I don't know when the, the court has said it was going to come back to do that, but Jerry Hutch at the end of it all walked uh, like you know, mm. like the final scene in the movie, he walked into the evening sunset uh, on his own, nobody waiting for him or anything like that, walking through a, a scrum of media people, and um, and I suppose he's walking into the rest of his life now. He would, as I said mm. earlier, he'll celebrate his 60th birthday now for a start, and then he'll probably contemplate and leave the country because it's probably not a very friendly place for him at the moment. Yeah, and I'm going to come back to him in just a moment, but just one more question on Jonathan Dowd also. He's serving a prison sentence and his his place in witness protection, we understand, is still being 
analysed and uh, and assessed his performance. Apparently, in this in this trial, he was assured uh, would have nothing to do with whether he was placed in witness protection. I mean, ultimately, if he is, it's going to cost an awful lot of money to Jonathan Dowdall in witness protection for the rest of his life. Members of his family possibly in witness protection for the rest of his life. Money that we're all going to be paying and in witness protection for the evidence he gives in this trial or gave in this trial effectively. And the judges saying we don't believe a word of it. That's right, and like, yeah, but but that's that's the the nub of the issue because you you can't incentivize them. Uh, you can't say, well, by the way, it dep- you getting into witness protection program will depend on how good you give your evidence. Now, I remember this first coming up in the very very first supergrass trials like this took place after the murder of Veronica Gearn about twenty five years ago, mm. and the same argument was held all the time. You know, are they being incentivized to? Uh, to provide a certain narrative and then they're going to be rewarded. Whether the state likes it or not now, they are left with Jonathan Dowdell and his family as their problem. They are going to have to... uh they're going to have to find a place for him to live um, and they're going to have to find like his entire family have to go. Uh, and they are, there was absolutely no doubt from the trial today that the Hutch organised crime group is a major entity and exists. And so therefore it has all the ability that it, that it requires to go after somebody like Jonathan yeah. Dowdell. That was implicit in all of that. So the state of responsibility to protect him whether we like it or not or whether the judges like it or not um, because he has... He has come forward. He has given up his life, uh, such as it is and such as it was, because he said uh, Jared Hutch told me what he told me, and and uh, and that's mm. where it is. So well, th- there was never any going back on that. Well, well, what is the size and scale of the Hutch Organised Crime Group then today? Well, it's it, it, they, what they one of the things, the, the words they used to the guard even they were describing the Hutch Organised Crime was fluidity. You know, that they are fluid organisation, that people come together, they're based on familial, family bonds and, and relation, blood relations, uh, but they come together to do jobs for to make money and then they will go off other times and do jobs with others. Um, the... If you wanted to go and say how many people are would be identified as being part of the main Hutch organization, you know, people associated with or, uh, you know, who are central players, maybe about 20, 25. Like, there are a lot of old villains. Like, these guys would have been around, the Hutches have been around a long time. Mm. So there's a lot of old, well-settled and, you know, wise old villains. Uh, but they wouldn't be on the same level as the Kinahan cartel. Like, they're more a family-based entity. They, they're not involved in, well... I was going to say they're not involved in the wholesale drugs. Of course they were. Sure, Gary Hutch is dead because uh, he was involved in the drug trade with Daniel Kinahan. But the, Jerry Hutch himself and that level in the organisation would have nothing to do with, with being involved in wholesale drug trafficking like the Kinahans or like Gary Hutch or any of those. So where are they now? They're still there. Uh, but are they operating as a major organised entity like the Kinahan cartel? I don't think so. Um, I'd say they've got quite a bruising out of what has happened mm-hmm. over the past number of years. A lot of them, you have to remember, so Jerry Hutch has paid a huge price here um, for what happened. You know, he's lost two of his best friends, three of his nephews, and his favourite brother, uh, Eddie, who brought him into the business and chaperoned him and, and mentored him as a young arm robber on the streets of Dublin when Jerry was only around 15 or 16. Um, so he's paid a heavy price. He has been in prison um, for the past, well, year and a half, uh, he's been on the run for nearly two years. 
uh, you know, or half a year before that. So about two years, he's been, uh, shall we say, in the crosshair, fire, crosshairs of the, of the law enforcement community. Um, I'd say the only thing he'll want to do is get back to his life. Mm-hmm. He's a very cool, calm dude. You know what I mean? He's 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 a very reasonable individual, very level-headed. He's not going to lose his head over any of this. He will just go back into the shadows where he prefers to be, and we might never ever see him again. Uh, but before I let you go then you've mentioned the Kinnahans a couple of times it's actually uh, a year exactly a year it was April last mm-hmm. year we had this big press briefing a kind of a, a global crackdown if we'll describe it that way international sanctions on many members of the gang where are they today? Well they're the pariahs of international organised crime like just the, 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 when something like that happens and it goes quiet and we don't see anybody being arrested or pulled in all of the the defenestration of the Kinhan cartel is moving apace. Uh, in the past year, they have suffered uh, incredibly um, because they are now pariahs in the world. And when the Americans come into the a grand coalition against you, then it's bad news. Because the other major, and they remember this time last year, Kieran, they said, and the, 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 the Americans said, look, they're right up there with the top uh, organized crime entities in the world. So a lot of people, at least 100 people, have been targeted, uh, people who have been subjected to sanctions and no-fly orders. Um, they are eating into them constantly. And it is only a matter of time uh, before they come back and before they will be in, if they, before judges because the, such is the level of action that is going on against them. Like, literally, the world is closing in around them. Um, and people say, oh, we haven't heard anything about that for a while. You know, suddenly some morning we're going to wake up and there'll be an announcement that either Daniel Kinnan, Christy Kinnan, Christy Senior are all on their way home to Ireland or they're on their way to some uh, place like America to face charges. You know, their days are numbered. I can absolutely assure you of that. It's a bit like jamming on the brakes on a tanker on the Suez Canal. You know, it might take four or five miles for it to stop, but it will eventually stop. And that's what's going to happen here. Paul Williams, crime journalist with the Irish Independent. Paul, pleasure as always. And thanks a million for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.